Man, well, it is Christmas time. How many of y'all are excited about Christmas? Eight of you. Sounds about right. Nice. And actually, it's not Christmas time. I mean, Christmas is in 14 days, but we might as well just say it's Christmas, right? And I, I love Christmas. I love this time of year because I love uh, the, the lights. I love the presents. I love the eggnog. I love the Christmas music, the, the classic Christmas shows that are on TV. And uh, one of those things I said, the, the Christmas music. So, so I said I like Christmas music, but but I like it during Christmas time. Like, I'm not one of those weirdos who starts it in June. You know what I mean? Like, anybody listen to Christmas music in June? Please, after I called you a weirdo, you're like, yes, I would. But, so, I don't know. But, but I love Christmas music during Christmas time. I love hearing it. And, uh, and there's a lot of uh, Christmas songs that are out there, Christmas carols, modern Christmas songs. And I wanted to share with you the top five Christmas songs, the most played Christmas songs according to Spotify. I want you to listen to it and then see if you can let me know who it is and uh, what song it is after the song plays. Check this out. It's the most beautiful time of the year. Lights fill the streets spreading so much cheer. I should be playing in the winter snow, but I'ma be under the mistletoe. I don't want to miss out on the holiday. But I can't stop staring at your face I should be playing in the winter snow But I'ma be under the mistletoe With you Shorty with you Shorty with you <laughs> Yeah, what's the song? Anybody know? Mistletoe by who? Justin Bieber Justin Bieber, we know Yeah, okay, there you go, of course <laughs> Yeah, alright, here's, here's the next one, check it out it's beginning to look a lot like Christmas Everywhere you go Take a look at the five and ten If you know it, you can sing along, it's okay. once again With candy canes and silver lanes that glow Here we go. It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas It stopped. You don't have to get hit. Yeah, what's the song? Yeah, it's beginning to look a lot like Harry Connick Jr. Exactly. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> Here, give this one a listen. Santa, tell me if you're really there. Don't make me fall in love again if you won't be here next year. Santa, tell me if you really care. Does he care? Boy, better stick around. What's the song? Santa Tell Me by Ariana Grande. Yeah, that's it. Nice. Top five songs most played during Christmas time, according to Spotify. Here's the next one. Give it a listen. I know you know it. Sing along. Gave it to somebody other than you, somebody special. What's the song? Last Christmas by Wham. Wham. George Michael was in Wham, and he had tight jeans. But not that I'm looking at his jeans or anything. All right, last song by the Queen of Christmas herself. Here it is. Uh. 
What's the song? All I want for Christmas is you by Mariah Carey. With a little um, little cameo by Soldier Boy in there, yeah. So tons of great Christmas songs. This is the top five Christmas songs that are played every Christmas according to Spotify. And um, I, I think my, my favorite, is, I, I don't know, I, I got a lot of favorites. But, but one song that really stands out to me that I really like uh, is this song, Do You Hear What I Hear? I want you to give it a listen. Do you hear what I hear? Said the night wind to the little land. Do you see what I see? Do you see what I see? Way up in the sky, little land. Do you see what I see? A star, a star, dancing in the night With a tail as big as a kite With a tail as big as a kite Yeah, so I love the song because, uh, not so much for how it sounds, but uh, because of the three questions that it asks. Throughout this song, it asks these three questions. Do you see what I see? Do you hear what I hear? And do you know what I know? And you get a little glimpse of uh, the backstory from the video that we showed you. Uh, and that was where the inspiration for the song came from. It was, it was during wartime, and the writers wrote this song as an, as an effort for peace, as a cry for peace. But they didn't really pick up a lot of inspiration from the scriptures around this. I mean, the, the, the purpose of this song is for peace, but it draws from the birth of Jesus. But I don't think the writers really looked at the actual event of the birth of Jesus when they wrote this. And so I, I just want to let you hear the lyrics of the song so you can see what I'm talking about. And, and help me with this. I'm going to have E.G. come up and sing some of this for me because you don't want to hear me. Uh, singing this. So I think somebody's at the back door ringing a bell. So uh, they're going to provide some uh, ensemble music for me. But here it goes. Here's, here's the lyrics. Said the night wind to the little lamb. Do you see what I see? Way up in the sky, little lamb. Do you see what I see? A star, a star dancing in the night with a tail as big as a kite. With a tail as big as a kite. Said the little lamb to the shepherd boy. Do you hear what I hear? Ringing through the sky, shepherd boy. Do you hear what I hear? A song, a song high above the trees with a voice as big as the sea. With a voice as big as the sea. And said the shepherd boy to the mighty king. Do you know what I know? In your palace, warm, mighty king, do you know what I know? 
A child, a child, shivers in the cold. Let us bring him silver and gold. Let us bring him silver and gold. And said the king to the people everywhere, listen to what I say. Pray for peace, people everywhere. Listen to what I say. The child, the child, shivers in the night. He will bring us goodness and light. He will bring us goodness and light. Y'all give it up for EG one more time. Do you hear what? See, you didn't want to hear me sing it, right? There you go. Man, but I, I love this song, but it's not based on the Bible at all. Because there, there are some things in this song that are not found in the scriptures. For, for one... Uh, there's no wind talking to a lamb in the Bible. Wind doesn't talk. And not only that, but there's no star doing the cha-cha in the sky. It talks about the star, uh, star dancing in the sky. That's not recorded in the scriptures either. And then there's no shepherd talking to a king. And then there's no king telling people to pray for peace and exclaiming how this little child is going to bring goodness and light to the world. I mean, if anything, the, the actual scriptures do talk about a king, but if the song was written in accuracy to the scriptures, then it would talk about this king wanting to kill the child because the king is so insecure. He hears about this Messiah who's born, and he has all the, King Herod has all the two-year-old boys and under killed in his vicinity because he's afraid that this Messiah is going to grow up and take over his throne. And so... If the song, I mean, and, and you can't really write a Christmas song about that, right? I mean, that's not going to sell, right? Like, uh, and the king killed babies and then they all died. Like, that's not something we want to sing during Christmas. So, so the writers of this song uh, took some liberties in, in writing it. But I want to talk about this song over the next three weeks, not because of uh, the accuracy that it has to the scriptures, but because of three questions that it asks throughout the song. Do you see what I see? Do you hear what I hear? And do you know what I know? And so each week we're going to ask one of these questions and then we're going to find an answer to these questions. And this answer that we're going to find to these questions is an answer that I believe will forever transform your life if you'll see what I see, if you'll hear what I hear, and if you'll know what I know. Because if you can see what I see, if you can hear what I hear, and you can know what I know, You'll be forever changed, and you'll find hope, you'll find life, you'll find joy, you'll find peace in your own life. And so today I want to I preach from this title, it's just first question, so if you're taking notes, uh, go ahead and type this in your note app or write this down if you're handwriting it. The title for my sermon is, Do You See What I See? Do You See What I See? And if you're not taking notes, go ahead and write down my title, it's called, Do You See What I See? And I want to look at the actual event of Jesus' birth. We find it in Luke chapter 2. And before we read it, uh, I love reading from Luke. Luke was uh, a doctor. He was also a reporter who sought out to write uh, a history of Jesus' life and ministry. And so he talked to eyewitnesses who were there with Jesus. And he includes a lot of different details in his book that he writes so that when we see these details, we can know that what we're reading about is not some fantasy. It's, it's not some myth. It's not some fairy tale that's made up, but it's an actual event that took place. See, when we read in the scriptures, 
We're not reading about Paul Bunyan and Babe, his big blue ox. We're not, we're not reading about Pecos Bill who lassoed a tornado. We're, we're not reading about the, the fairy godmother or the tooth fairy or Santa Claus. Or, never mind, I'm not even talking about Santa Claus. But we're not reading about things that aren't real. We're reading about things that are, and I just burst some of your bubbles. I'm sorry. The tooth fairy is a real thing. But we're reading about things that are real. And we know that because when Luke writes, he writes all these details in it so we can go back and look and we can see this actual historical events. And so when we read the scriptures, we need to keep this in mind that the scriptures are written to real people in real places at real times. And so Luke begins his account of Jesus' birth, Luke chapter 2, verse 1. It says, In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. And this was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria. Again, we can just go back and say, oh yeah, that's, that's when it happened. Makes sense. We can see this in history. And everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. And while they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. And so there's the whole Christmas story right there in one sentence. The time came for her to give birth to her baby, and so she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. That's what we celebrate on Christmas. Not family, not presents, not fireplaces and eggnog, not time uh, at home. We celebrate the birth of a Savior. We celebrate the birth of the Son. That's the reason for the season. That's what Christmas is all about. Not feeding the homeless. Nothing's wrong with that. Not spending time with family. Nothing's wrong with that. And I think we should do those things. But I don't want us to miss it. And I don't want us to get it twisted. Because so often in our society, in our culture, we say this good thing. That's what the season's all about. No, it's about the birth of a son. The birth of a son who grew up to be a man. To take your sin and my sin on himself. So that when he died on the cross, we could be forgiven and have relationship with God. That's what this season is about. All those other things are great. Get you some presents give you some presents, eat you some ham and turkey, go do something good for some people. But this season is about the birth of a son, the savior of the world. And she wrapped him in cloths. She placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. So what we've seen so far are the three main characters of Christmas. We see uh, Joseph, Mary, and Jesus, whom Christmas is all about but those are not the three characters we're going to focus on in this series. Here's the characters we're going to focus on right here. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, don't be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today, in the town of of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. And then suddenly, a great company of the heavenly hosts appeared with the angel praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth, peace to those on whom his favor rests. And when the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and see 
this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and they found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. And when they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen. Do you hear what I hear? Do you see what I see? which were just as they had been told. And so Luke tells us about the birth of Jesus, and he says that the, the first people to be uh, given the announcement of the birth of the Savior are shepherds. Not, not the emperor of Rome, not, not the priest at the temple, not, not politicians or celebrity, but, but, but shepherds are told about the birth of the Savior. These are the first people to hear about God who is put on flesh to come live amongst us. Shepherds are the first people. You don't get it. I get it, I get it, right? Because when, when we think about shepherds, Maybe you've been in church for a little while, maybe you've been Christian for a bit, and, 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 and there's this positive imagery of shepherds. Like oftentimes, if, if we think about a, a shepherd in, in the scriptures, maybe what, what connotes in your mind is this, this idea of uh, this, this good, loving uh, person who's caring after sheep. I mean, David, one of the greatest kings in the history of Israel, he was a shepherd boy, uh, and then there's, there's a time in Jesus' ministry, he talks about uh, he's the good shepherd, and his sheep listen to him, and we're his sheep. And, and so, so oftentimes when it comes to church and Christianity, we, we, we tend to think of shepherds uh, in, in, in a good light. Uh, and, and even if you're not a Christian, maybe you're here and you're, you're, you're not sure if you even believe in God or if this whole God thing is real. Man, I'm so honored that you're here. I'm so glad you're here. But, but maybe you've heard Psalm 23. Quoted at a funeral. It says, the Lord is my shepherd. He makes me lie down in green pastures. And so if the Lord is my shepherd, that's probably a good thing. So oftentimes when we think about shepherds, we think of, of good imagery. And we see Jesus hanging out with the sheep, and okay, it's a good thing. But shepherds at this time when they're mentioned, um, the people didn't think good things about shepherds. I want to I show you some commentary about how people thought of shepherds in the first century. They, they had an occupation that wasn't a glorious or noble job. Here, here's a reputation shepherds had in the first century. Most of the time, they were dishonest and thieving. They led their herds onto other people's land and pilfered the produce of the land. Commentator said this, because they were often months at a time without supervision, they were often accused of stealing some of the increase of the flock. The Jews were warned by rabbis not to buy wool, milk, or kids, that's baby sheep, not like children, but a kid is a baby sheep, don't, don't buy a baby sheep from shepherds on the assumption that it's stolen property. One Jewish commentary on Psalm 23, 2 reads this, there is no more disreputable occupation than that of a shepherd. Philo, a Hellenistic Jewish philosopher of Alexandria, wrote about looking after sheep and goats, and he said this, such pursuits are held mean and inglorious. And so the shepherds were low in society. The, the shepherds were outcasts. 
The, the shepherds were looked down upon. Like no Jewish boy went to synagogue and said, you know what? I can't wait to grow up one day so I can be a shepherd. Like nobody wanted to be a shepherd. And yet what we see here in the book of Luke is that when the angel shows up, he doesn't show up to the emperor of Rome to announce the birth of the savior of the world. He doesn't show up to important people. He doesn't show up to people who are included and brought in. He shows up to shepherds. Luke 2, 8, and there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night, and the angel of the Lord appeared to them. Them. Those shepherds who watch sheep, and they're dirty and stinky. And I'm not talking about the sheep, I'm talking about the shepherds. The angel shows up to them for the most important announcement of his angelic career. Why would he do that? This is the Savior of the world, the Messiah, who's come to redeem us, to restore us. This is the best news the world has ever heard, and the angel chooses shepherds as his audience. Why? I think there's two reasons, and we see them both in the text. The, 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 the first reason is found in Luke 2.8. I don't know if you missed it. If you missed it, we'll read it again. There were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them. They were shepherds, and they were, they were keeping watch. They were keeping watch. I wonder if when God told the angel to declare this announcement, if he told them to go directly to the shepherds. Hey, I want you to declare this announcement and go directly to the shepherds. I, I, I wonder if God told the angel those specific instructions or maybe he just left it open and he said, I want you to go and declare this announcement to anybody who seems like they're keeping watch, anybody who's willing to pay attention, anybody who has their eyes peeled. I wonder if maybe the angel was going to go to some celebrities, some politicians, some the emperor, the priest, somebody more important important, but he didn't go to them because, he, because they were too busy with their life. He went to the shepherd, I wonder if because they weren't too busy to see him. They were keeping watch. They weren't too busy to notice. They were aware. Could, could it have been, and, and, and we don't have this recorded in the scriptures, so we don't really know, could it have been that the angel actually went to some other people, but they were so caught up in their own life, they were so preoccupied with all the things that they had going on, that they didn't pay attention to what the angel wanted to say to them, and so they didn't hear the announcement. Could it have been that the angel went to some other people, but they were so concerned with all the things in their little world that they weren't ready to hear the announcement? Could it have been the reason why the angel went to the shepherds is because they were keeping watch. They noticed. They had their eyes open. And they were ready to see where God wanted them to see. Now, I don't know if that happened. I don't know if the angel went to other people and they just weren't paying attention or anything like that. I, I, I don't know. But I wonder if this Christmas, many of us will celebrate the season and miss the Savior. 
because we're so preoccupied with presents and getting the ham ready. We're so preoccupied with getting that last minute shopping and we're so preoccupied with our, our, our plans with family that we celebrate the season. It was a great Christmas, but we miss the Savior. We gotta keep our eyes open. We gotta be on watch. I wonder if it's possible for us to miss the sun because we're so focused on this season. See, I think one of the reasons why the angel releases this revelation to the shepherds is because they have an attitude of expectancy. Let me ask, did you show up to church this morning expectant? God, I can't wait to hear what you have for me. I can't wait to see how you're going to move in my life. Did you show up with an attitude of expectancy as we come up to Christmas? Are you dreading it? Are you looking forward to it? Because you get to celebrate the birth of the Son, the Savior of the world. They had an attitude of expectancy. God, please don't allow this to be yet another Christmas that comes and goes. God, don't allow this to be yet another Christmas where our waistlines expand and our bank accounts shrink, but may this be a season where we have our eyes open to you. May this be a season where we are on the lookout with great expectation of how you want to move in our lives. Let the Christmas of 2022 be the Christmas we look back on years from now and say I was forever changed because I had my eyes fixed on the Son who is my salvation. That's what we want. Luke 2.8, there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night, and an angel of the Lord appeared to them, 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 those lowly shepherds, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, don't be afraid, I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. See, I think one of the reasons why the angel showed up to the shepherds is because they weren't too busy to notice. That's the first one. The second reason why I think the angel showed up to the shepherds is because they were God's target audience. They were God's target audience. There was a time later on in Jesus' life where he gave his mission statement for why he came. And he says it in uh, Luke chapter 19, verse 10. He said, for the Son of Man came to seek and save the lost. The Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. And, and he explained this to people when they asked him why he spent time with the scoundrels of society. Thanks, Jeremy. I appreciate it. He saw I was struggling. Talking can be tough. Thank you. That was loud. Sorry. I should have moved the mic away from me when I did that. But Jesus gave his mission in life. He said, I came to seek and save the lost. That's why I came. To seek and save the lost. And he explained this to people when they asked why he spent time with the scoundrels of society. The Bible refers to them as tax collectors and sinners. He, he would just call people to him, tax collectors and sinners. We would call these people who feel far from God, who feel that God is distant. And they feel like maybe there's no way that God could ever love me, but Jesus hung out with those people. And he explained the reason why. He said, it's not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners 
to repentance. Jesus explained to people, my purpose for being here is to find lost people. Not so the found could be more found. The reason I came is so that guilty people could find forgiveness. The reason I came is for people like shepherds and tax collectors and prostitutes and sinners of every kind. And you know, sinners. Sinners like alcoholics and workaholics and shopaholics and chocaholics. I came for the people who say, I'll get myself together one day. I'll change tomorrow. If you really knew me, there's no way you could ever love me. I try, but I fail. I came for the people who say, I'm not good enough, smart enough, sexy enough, skilled enough. I came for outcasts and misfits and losers and soccer moms. I came for the insecure, the inept, the incomplete, the ingrate, the imperfect, the insufficient, the insignificant, the irrelevant, the incompetent, the inadequate. Those are those I came for. I came for the addicted, afflicted, narcissistic and those who have drifted. I came not for the healthy, but for those whom the cancer of sin is eroding their soul. I came for sinners who hide behind the sheen of the shiny mask they wear to pretend like they have it all together, all the while their world is falling apart behind the facade. I came for people like you. I came for the shepherds. This is why Jesus came. For you and I. Why did the angels show up to the shepherds? Because they were God's target audience. And this foreshadows the truth of what Jesus would later reiterate in John 3.16. He said, for God so loved the world. For God so loved the world. And that's you and me. That's all the stuff you shove in the shadows. That's all the shame and regret you feel. That's all the stuff in your life that you wish would have been different. Jesus said, God so loved the world. He gave his one and only son that whoever, 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 including shepherds, whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. And these shepherds, because they were keeping watch, had their eyes peeled. They were ready to see. They saw an angel. And based on what they saw, they went and laid eyes on the Savior. If they didn't have their eyes open, they wouldn't have seen the Savior. Can I ask you this season, are your eyes open? Are you ready to see him? Luke 2.17, when they had seen him, do you see what I see? When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child, and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. And the shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. Do you see what I see this Christmas story, or this Christmas season, and in this Christmas story, in this Christmas story, What we see is the message of hope. We see the message of joy, the message of peace. And the shepherds find that because they're keeping watch. They're on the lookout. They got their eyes peeled. So do you see what I see here in this Christmas story surrounding the shepherds? Because what I see 
is salvation shining bright for anyone who will accept it. This Christmas season, we reflect and reminisce on the birth of Jesus, but my hope is that you wouldn't just celebrate Jesus this season, so that you would see him like never before. That you would see that he came to this world as an infant, and he grew up to be a man. He lived a life, a perfect life, a life we can't live, ultimately to die the death that we deserve, a death on the cross where he took our sin and shame. My hope is that you would see that this season and realize that you can have life in and through him. Do you see what I see? My hope is that you would see that God loves you for who you are and not as you should be. Because none of us are as we should be. Do you see what I see this season? My hope is that you would see that your greatest mistake your biggest failure is not who you are. And God expected more failure from you than you expect from yourself, and he still loves you, and he still calls you by name. Do you see what I see this season? My hope is that you see an outstretched Savior on the cross who whispers your name and says, you are loved, and you are good enough because I make you good enough. Do you see what I see this season? I don't know if you've ever made the decision to say yes to Jesus, to believe that he died for you on the cross, that he rose again from the dead, and then make the decision to get baptized into him. If you've never made that decision, I wanna invite you to do that today. Because dear God, if we set up the Christmas tree and put up the lights, and open the presents and get stuffed on Christmas Day. But you have not made the decision to follow Jesus and embrace him as the leader of your life and the savior of your soul. You've missed it. And it's all pointless. So if you've never made the decision to say yes to Jesus, to, to believe that he died for you on the cross, that he rose again from the dead, and then to be baptized into him, I want to give you that chance today. It's really easy for you to make that decision. In our app, there's a form that we have. If you would just fill that out, there's a box in that form that says, I want to be baptized. Man, we'd love to talk with you about that. We're looking at doing baptisms here, live on site, Christmas Eve. And I would love for you to be one of those people. We currently have three people lined up to get baptized on that day. Let's make it four. Let's make it five. Let's just make it 10. But if you've never made the decision to accept Jesus, today is the day for you to decide that. In a moment, we're gonna celebrate communion. And communion is a reminder to us about the sacrifice Jesus made for us on the cross. And so, uh, when I'm done up here, our band is gonna play, and we're gonna give you a chance to partake in communion. There's cups in your chairs, and in those cups, there's a piece of bread. It reminds us of Jesus' body that was broken for us. The juice reminds us of his blood that was shed for us. When our band plays this next song, I want to invite you to take that time to just sit, take communion, and then when you're ready, stand and sing with them. So that's what we're about to do. But before we get there, I just want to ask you, do you see what I see? Do, 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 do you see what I see in this season? Do you see what the shepherds saw? 
Because they had their eyes peeled, they were keeping watch. They saw and they heard from the angel, and then they went and they saw the Savior. They laid their eyes on the Savior, and it changed everything for them. Let me tell you, if you haven't seen Jesus in a way that changes everything for you, I don't know if you've seen Jesus then, because he changes everything. Once he crashes into you, your life forever changes, and this is the season to see him like never before. So do you see what I see in this season? Do you see what the shepherds saw? Because what I see all around me is salvation bursting forth from the seams today. What I see is the potential for peace to overflow in your life in this season. I see a hurt that's long afflicted you being healed this season. I see some people rising up this Christmas season to discover their true identities. I see the power of God reaching into your past and removing your regrets. I see a church shining bright in this city this season so all people will know that God is the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords and the Prince of Peace this season. Do you see what I see? I wish you would see what I see. Today's the day to see what I see. Come on.